0: You spend one day, it's almost like a week. You spend like a week, it's almost like a month. Spend a month, sometimes it can feel like a year. Were you with a person that made everything seem great until one day it wasn't? Were you with a person that maybe you noticed later on in the relationship that you were wearing? rose-colored glasses, and you were being duped or being susceptible to the things that they were doing, and you didn't see, you didn't notice, you didn't realize. And a lot of times when people wear rose-colored glasses and they meet a toxic person or a person with narcissistic traits, is you'll have that person walk you out into the middle of a field and you're looking at all these flags, almost like a carnival. And when you start to take the rose-colored glasses off, you realize that a lot of those flags are all red red flags that are actually there warning you of attributes and traits and ideas and thoughts that the other person is putting out there that you didn't realize in the moment that this person was going to be bad for you it's gonna be toxic was going to hurt was going to devalue was going to discard you and a lot of times when we're getting into a toxic relationship or a person with a person with narcissistic personality disorder there's a lot of red flags that we don't see or that we see and we excuse or we don't engage with because we don't want to believe that about someone else, or we try to give another reason why it's okay. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. I do that on multiple platforms, just providing free content out there. So feel free to look at TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, to be able to see some of the content that we put out on a day-to-day basis, just to help give you an idea of what narcissism is, what it looks like, and also to help you on your healing growth and journey that we're going through. We're also on the NARC app. If you haven't had a chance, download that, check it out. You can learn about the nine personality traits of narcissism personality disorder. You can take classes, courses on there. There's a lot of different things that are coming onto there as well. Engage with community, ask advice. Uh, A great way to be able to get the monthly coaching, the weekly lives that are just inside the app. We'd love to have you be part of that community. If you don't follow already, follow on any of those platforms, just look up Raw Motivations, whether you're watching on video, whether you're listening on the podcast, either way, thank you so much for being here. Let's jump right into red flags with a narcissist. So a lot of times you have red flags, right? You have flags that pop up in the relationship and especially at the beginning of the relationship that you don't really realize or you excuse away or it's like, no, they're they're not bad, that bad. Like it's, it's not that big a deal. So we're going to look at a couple of red flags today. One of, the, one of the ones that pops up that just ties in with narcissism as a whole is that selfishness, that attention seeking, that entitlement, that admiration aspect that a lot of times you'll see in some of the first dates, some of the first interactions. You'll see sometimes that selfishness of like looking for fulfillment and validation from you when you've just met the person, when you're not really sure, you know, getting to know them or anything like that. And they're looking forward, they're dropping small, subtle hints of like how good they are. Or, or have how they want you to praise them. Sometimes you'll get through the conversation and you realize, like, wow, like, a lot of the conversation hasn't been, you know, me even telling my story or me even saying anything about me. It's been a lot about them or it's been a lot about, like, their past or different people. And it starts to just give you, like, an idea. It's not necessarily saying, oh, this person's a narcissist. It's just saying, like, hey, here's something to be aware of. Here's something to kind of watch out for. Sometimes you'll see the aspect of boundary breaking. Narcissists are prone to want to break your boundaries. Typically, how I describe it is for a narcissist looking at a boundary and viewing a boundary. A narcissist views a boundary as prison or a challenge that I need to break out of, that I need to accomplish or get past or break down your defenses to win. And so a narcissist will work really hard to break through those boundaries. However, in a healthy relationship, someone's going to respect those boundaries because they understand that boundaries are meant for protection. They're not prison. But oftentimes you'll have a narcissist that will come into your life and that will start trying to break down and erode the boundaries that you've put in place. Those boundaries are for you, but the narcissist will try to make it about them. Why would you do this? Like, why, why would you tell us that we can't do this? Like, why? And question and slowly work on eroding that down. A lot of times that'll appear in, like, teasing and, like, testing boundaries, of getting close to a boundary of something that you want or you don't want in your life and getting close to that to see how you're going to react. And when you don't react, they're like, that either is a boundary they don't care about, or that's a boundary that I don't have to apply, that it doesn't apply to me. Let me just go ahead and move past it. Let me get past whatever boundary they have and I can do whatever I want. Sometimes they will use it with like a tiny bit of like belittling. Of like trying to give the idea that your boundary is, is really childish. Like your boundary is too masculine. Your boundary is too toxic. Like your boundary is really selfish. And when you get upset or when you try to hold those boundaries and then you start like getting upset because they're crossing those boundaries and breaking them, what do they say? They call you too sensitive. You're too sensitive. You're overthinking this. And a lot of times they'll try to minimize that aspect of a boundary. If you're developing a boundary, keep in mind really quick that a boundary is not meant for other people boundary is not meant for anybody else out there a boundary is meant for you and as a result it applies to all your relationships healthy and toxic but a boundary for you is the level of how much shit you're going to tolerate how much screaming you're going to tolerate at you how much cheating you're going to tolerate how many lies you're going to tolerate like that's what that boundary is for saying hey like if you want to keep lying that's totally fine you're just not going to do it in my relationship And I'm going to go ahead and keep moving the direction I need to move and not adhere to what you're putting out there, not adhere to the lies you're having. See, that's a boundary that's not controlling the other person. You can lie if you want, but it's not going to be with me. That's really what a boundary is supposed to look like. A boundary is meant for yourself, not for other people, because it's about you, of how you're going to protect and grow and heal yourself moving forward. But a narcissist will try to break those boundaries and tear them down. A lot of times you'll hear a narcissist maybe early on the relationship, but a lot of times all through the relationship, talk about crazy people in their past, maybe crazy exes, maybe how like an ex was super jealous or super addictive on them. Maybe how they had an ex that was bipolar or alcoholic or schizophrenic or like anything like that. They'll start making up a lot of stories and you're like, wait a second. Like, it seems like every ex you've been with, it seems like a lot of your family, it seems like a lot of your friends have been labeled as crazy in your life. Like what's going on with that? Because you have to think if they were with someone, just one person or five people that were crazy, there's really two things. Either what's wrong with their judgment that they got together with someone who was crazy or who was toxic, or what's wrong with the person that's crazy probably came from the person that they were with. But oftentimes we'll excuse that or we'll just get used by that because it's an act of a lot of times triangulation. You know, if my ex was super crazy, she would always judge me for my money spending. What that does is send you the message, don't don't say anything about money. You know, my ex is always super confrontational. Like I just wanted to be able to like get along with her, but like she was like super confrontational. Every single thing always had to be an argument. Tells you right then and there, arguing is not acceptable. Triangulation. Sometimes you'll see it um, in an aspect of like speed dating. Narcissistic relationships move really fast and they're compacted. Think of it like you spend one day, it's almost like a week. You spend like a week, it's almost like a month. Spend a month, sometimes it can feel like a year. And the results from that show that because people that break up with a narcissist, discard a narcissist, or get discarded by, sometimes take twice and five times as long to get over that person. Especially if they don't have the tools for healing to be able to help adjust the clarity and get to the place of saying, hey, let me rewire my my mindset so I understand what just happened because it feels like crazy making. But they'll be super fast a lot of times to to move in, to get engaged, to say I love you, to have a baby, whatever it might be. A lot of times they push those lines and you have to be careful. And a lot of times in a relationship, you have to learn how to say no for those boundaries and you also have to slow it down and see how the other person is going to react. That's when they start testing those boundaries even more. Another red flag is seeing the idea of, pro- of provoking jealousy and envy. A lot of times you'll see a narcissist manufacture emotions in you. It comes to the fact of like triangulation. Again, back to previous partners or, or parents or friends. And what it does is it makes you doubt your place. It can even make you jealous of like talking about an ex-girlfriend, but then being unwilling to define if you're a girlfriend or not. They could be talking about like the past and, you know, a boyfriend that she was with that she absolutely like loved and created. And then you're wondering like, well, am I not good enough? Like, like, where do I fit into this picture? A lot of times they'll use it with triangulation and and making you doubt your place and wonder how do I match up to the competition? Like I'm supposed to be with this person, but it feels like I'm competing with their mom. It feels like I'm competing with their ex, not even in our lives. Oftentimes what that leads to is more comparison to others another red flag. Comparisons to the ex, the friends, the family, and that helps build that jealousy and build that aspect in your mind, your mindset of like, maybe I'm inferior to what they're saying. Like I'm not as good in the bed. I'm not as good with my job. I'm not as good with relationships. Like maybe that's me. This slowly brings you down couple things you'll see sometimes is a red flag is cracks in the mask. That good person that you saw at the beginning of the relationship, or that good person that you're experiencing now as you're going out and as you're dating, and all of a sudden you notice uh, an interaction or a reaction that seems out of character. Maybe it's how they just yelled at their niece. Maybe it's how they just kicked the dog. Maybe it's how they just got upset in traffic and you're just like, wait a second. Sometimes what you're seeing is you're seeing a glimpse of what's actually behind the mask. It's just hidden for societal means or for to look better. But sometimes when you see that, when you see that tiny little bit of acting out of character, there might be something more there. The last red flag I wanted to bring up is the idea that when you're with a narcissist, you end up having the narcissist become your life. Like that's it. Like that's your source of validation. That's your source of income. That's your source of supply as far as like being able to understand, hey, this person is the only person that I can have because a narcissist will get to the place where they treat you as their only supply and they make you isolated. And then they go out and do everything else with everybody else. But like they get to a place where they keep you isolated from your friends, from your family, and you start isolating yourself just to be there for them. When they call you up and you're expected to answer right away, or when they call you up and you're expected to go or do or be or whatever it might be, that isolation happens. And unfortunately, what happens a lot of times is you get to the place where you start to sacrifice everything in your life, relationships, friendships, work, all different types of things. You sacrifice a lot of things in your life for the narcissist, but it's all one-sided and nothing's sacrificed on their end.